We understand the people that use our product. We understand why they're using it. We understand what keeps them from maybe buying it. So we try to lower those barriers. We also really are in touch with what it does for someone, the benefits, the features, and we try to focus on that. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gretch from the IMCEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Jeff Abraham. Jeff, excited to have you on the show. Pleased to be here. Yes, super excited to have you on and talk about all the awesome things that you're doing. And of course, before we jumped into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Jeff so you can hear about some of those awesome things. Jeff is the CEO of Absorption Pharmaceuticals, the company behind the leading PE spray for men, Promescent. Jeff's mission is to help anyone seeking to better their love life with safe, proven solutions that work and are backed by science. The taboo nature of topics surrounding sex, especially men's sexual health, paired with the business credentials and personality of Jeff has led to some of the highest downloaded, shared, or engaged episodes for the shows that Jeff has been a guest host on. So super excited to have Jeff on the show and all the awesome things that he's doing. I was listening to one of the interviews. I think he said he always dreamed of being a businessman and having worked in the steel mill, if I understand correctly, he shows, and I think that shows a lot of great work ethic that Jeff has. And I wanted to call him the the Michael Jordan of the industry because I think he came out of retirement uh, from the semiconductor business and, and came back in and you can find their brands literally in in big brands like Target, Walmart, GNC. So him and his team are doing some really awesome things. Excited to have you here, Jeff. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I'm really happy to be here. I've done some research on your podcast and I know you have some really dedicated listeners and a very focused audience. And this is our outreach as a small company. We're never going to go head to head with Pfizer or Record Binkieser or Trojan and have billion dollar ad budgets. What we like to do is connect with people like yourself who have dedicated listeners and really find your podcast credible. And a long form like this allows us, instead of doing a 30-second spot where it's like, oh, we're the best, everyone goes, I hear that from everybody, to expound a little bit and tell you the science behind what we do, to tell you about our medical board and our urologist. So the pleasure is all mine, believe me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm super excited to get the opportunity to hear more about everything you you all have been doing. But I know I touched on it a little bit. I wanted to rewind the clock, hear a little bit more on how you got started with all the awesome things you're doing. Could you take us through what I call your CEO story? Yeah, I, like you said, I was born and raised and worked in a steel mill when I was in high school and college. And I tell people that was my uh, first inkling that wasn't the life for me. I decided (laughs) that I was going to not work with my hands and my back and I was going to work more with my brain. When you made the comment about, I always dreamed about being a businessman, I was very practical. I was an okay athlete, but I looked in the mirror and went, I don't think modeling or being sex, People Magazine's sexiest man of the year is in my future. Even though I was a reasonable athlete, I didn't. I looked at the NBA. I looked at the NFL. I looked at the NHL. I said, those guys don't look like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not six foot four and 240 pounds and chiseled. I don't think that's it. So I was very realistic where others were dreaming about scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl and being on the cover of People Magazine. I was dreaming about having my own business from eight years, 10 years old on. I was very practical. 
So I got out of college and I worked for two different companies, one for about three years, one for about four and a half years. And it was funny because when you're young, you always think that to someone to be a CEO, they have to be Harvard educated with a PhD and they're brilliant. My first couple of jobs, it became apparent to me that I was smarter than my boss. And I was making this 2% commission. I brought in $2 million in new business a year and I got a 40 grand bonus. I go, that's too, that's not exactly. And I started thinking to myself, what if I owned a company? What if I was in charge? And all of a sudden, if I brought in $2 million worth of business, that was my 2 million. I was like, I like that equation better. So when I was 31 years old, I had become a single father and I was traveling for my job all over the place. And I just said, it's time. I want to branch out. I want to start my own business. And I had been a regional manager in the semiconductor industry. Semiconductors are integrated circuits, computer chips. And I saw a niche that wasn't being filled to have a recruiting service for finding these high-tech engineers. So I started my company and it went insane within three years, it, beyond my wildest expectations. And I just found that finding a business that had high margins that really and truly was exciting and fast paced fit my lifestyle very well. I've always been the type of person I tell people I love to create rather than sustain. If I have a business that I brought up and it starts doing 40, 50 million a year and you've reached pretty much the cap of where you're at and the goal becomes, let's see if we can get 2% more on margins next year. That's not my thing. My thing is taking a concept, taking an idea, and making it a business. Once it's a mature, solid business, it's doing 40, 50 million a year, and the goal becomes eke out a little more profitability. I hand it off to a number cruncher, a bean counter. That's not my thing. <laughs> I love the idea that this is a concept. Is it actually a business? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And let me show you. Let me make it a business. But once it becomes mature and it's solid and the dynamic switches from growing and let's really energize this thing to let's refine it and get an extra 2%. That's when the, the CPAs come in. It's, that's <laughs> your baby now. That's not mine. I love the idea where someone says that can't be done. I go, oh yeah, let me show you. Not only can it be done, it will be done. And I came out of retirement to run this business. I had retired at 53. I sold my first business and decided I was going to kick back and just enjoy life. And my next door neighbor happened to be a urologist and also my best friend and my doctor. And I went in to see him for my yearly physical. He's, oh, I really need your help. And I said, what is it? What are you doing? He said, I developed a cure for PE. So I did a quick cursory study and I found out that market was bigger than ED. And I knew ED was billions of dollars. I went, oh my God. I'm like, does this stuff work? He's like, yeah. I said, give me a sample. Does it have a recreational component to it? He goes, oh yeah. <laughs> so I tried it. I'm like, oh my God, this stuff is dynamite. So I came out of retirement and the goal was I'll come out of retirement for a year or two, get this thing up and running. Okay. 11 years later, here we are expanding. Not only do we have the products for premature ejaculation, we have vibrators and lubes and products for erectile dysfunction and nitric oxide supplements for blood flow. And the company's thriving and growing. So yeah. I've really learned a lot because not having been in a consumer business, being in a high-tech semi is totally different than this. So as a CEO of both companies, I can tell you, it was a learning curve. Everything in my prior job was all based on metrics. It was all based on science. This is a lot of nuance and 
How do people feel and how can you bring it up without making someone feel self-conscious or making them feel inferior? So it's been it's been a real journey and it's taught me that there's no secret sauce that works in every single industry that you have to evaluate as a CEO each company and say, what is it that's going to drive this one? But there are some commonalities and those commonalities are ethical, hard work and communication. But then you have to look at your product the people you're serving, and then tailor your approach to whatever industry you're in. So I use the same basic mindset of ethical behavior, communication, hard work, but then tailored it to an audience that is totally different. It's a very sensitive subject. Yeah, I, I love that. So I know you touched a little bit on your secret sauce and what you're doing at Promescent. Is there anything else that we can find there? And, and, and you could tell us a little bit more on um, how you're making that impact for the clients that you're working with and customers? Yeah, it's interesting because I took a lot of criticism when I first took over this company. And the company was doing 100 grand a year. And we'll finish this year at about 2 million. We're nice. on target to do probably 18 million next year. So that's nice. an 1800% you know, increase. Yeah, it's huge. Not relatively short period of time. So I looked at all of our competition and we have distinct advantages. All of our competition all fall into the category. They have these lidocaine, benzocaine based sprays that you put it on and it sits on the surface. It's a crystal and it doesn't permeate the skin. So we have a huge advantage. The guy that Dr. Ronald Gilbert, the founder of our company, was a genius. He, along with Dr. Tony Kaplan, changed the crystalline structure of lidocaine from a solid to an oil aqueous. So it goes subdermal. It goes beneath your skin. So the man maintains a much higher degree of surface sensitivity and doesn't transfer to the female. So when I took over the company, the gentleman who had been running it prior was literally doing infomercials and all these stupid little 30 seconds. And, and he had the product priced where all the garbage products were. So it literally, it had an aura of we're just like everybody else and we weren't making money. And it was like, I looked at it and went, this is a chance to shine. This is a superior product and the messaging is insane. It's absolutely backward of where it should be. So the first thing I did was come in and triple the price and people go, oh my God, you're not selling now. I go, because people look at it and automatically they go, it's one of those garbage products, okay? I am going to make this thing really and truly pristine. I am going to make it where people see the value in it. So then I went out and presented to physicians and doctors and got the proper patents in place. And then the doctors are like, where have you been all my life? This is my biggest issue, okay? If someone comes to see me for ED, I got Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, they run out and never see him again. If they have prostate issues, we take care of it. They have incontinence issues, they take care of it. If they have PE issues, I see them every year and they're desperate and they're freaking out and they're my most troublesome. This stuff actually works. I go, yeah, here's the science behind it. Then we did clinical trials. So the doctors were even more on board. So we approached it from a different aspect. Okay, we want to have the medical credibility. We have a medical advisory board. And I started on our website. Yeah, that, that, that sounds awesome. And I almost wonder, would you consider this to be like what I call a CEO hack, which can be like an Apple book or even a habit that you have that makes you more effective and efficient? This company, this product, the exact same product was doing 100K that will next year do 18 million. I'm no genius. I didn't invent something new. I just positioned it correctly. I just went, we are doing what was happening prior to me was a case study in how not to run a business. Okay. 
Let's make sure that all the unsuccessful products that are already out there, that we mimic them and let's price it and let's put it in a position that where it will lead people to believe it's similar. So I wanted to make our company and our product elegant because it is, and it's a cut above. So the marketing and the presentation had to fit the actual product. If anything, people were accused of taking a garbage product and trying to make it elegant. We had an elegant product and we were making it look like garbage. I was like, and so when people go, you're a genius, I'm like, no, I'm the tallest midget. You know what I mean? This company was so poorly managed prior to me taking it over. All I had to do was bring really sound fundamental business principles and put them in place. And I think it's my nature that I was a big brother for seven years before my son was born. I love mentor. I love helping people. I love, I'm a good communicator. And it started to resonate because we had a lot of our doctors that would go on podcasts and stuff and they were decent returns, but it was a problem because a lot of doctors are so impressed with themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if this is part of your CEO nugget, because I it sounds like the doctors, the previous person that was in charge of the company, they maybe knew a little bit more around the clinical studies and all those things. But I, I feel like you have a really strong sense on the human aspect of the product of what you're doing. And I think so many times we can skip past that. We forget about that. But do you feel like that's like a piece of advice or word of wisdom you would give to other entrepreneurs and business owners? Is it really understand not just, you know, it's important to understand what your product can do and not do as you all have on your site, but it's even more important to, I think, understand the transformation, the human element, that part that it sounds like you have brought to everything that you're doing. That is the key to our success. We understand the people that use our product. We understand why they're using it. We understand what keeps them from maybe buying it. So we try to lower those barriers. We also really are in touch with what it does for someone, the benefits, the features, and we try to focus on that. If all you do is look at statistics and studies, and I didn't dig deeper and pull back the covers and go, whoa, 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 this isn't just a product for people who have PE. This is, there's a re recreational component to this that improves even people without PE. Let me tell you something, over 50% of our business now is people who don't have PE, people who literally just want better intimacy. I tell people this all the time. Yeah, that's huge. I appreciate you breaking that down and, and sharing that and how impactful that is. So what would you consider to be your answer to my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO? Our goal is to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Jeff, what does being a CEO mean to you? Being a CEO to me is keeping your eyes and ears open. Don't tell your customers, don't preach, don't think that more than they do, listen, okay? Take the feedback, solicit it, go out, study it, give people what they want. There's so many documented cases of where someone thought they knew more than their consumer knew and tried to stuff something down their throat and they found out the consumer is going to buy what they want to buy. The consumer is smarter than you about how they're going to spend their money. And even if you're smarter than them, but you can't get them to buy your product, you're still a failure. So listen, take the time. Like I said, check your ego at the door. My main goal is to listen. People had said to me when we developed these, we have female arousal gel and we have ED products and everything. Oh my God, you're a genius. You went in. I said, no, 
I'd listen to my customers. I've had people say to me, I was only lasting 30 seconds. Now I'm lasting 10, 12, 20 minutes. I never need to look. I need some loop. Develop a loop. Okay, great. Oh, oh that was genius. They told me. I'm not a genius. I listen to my customers. Yeah, absolutely love that. I appreciate you sharing that so much, Jeff. We're going to have the links and information as well in the show notes, your email, so that everybody can follow up with you. Appreciate your time, and I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. No, I, I can't thank you enough. I had listened to some of the episodes. I was like, this is a great venue for us. This is the kind of venue we appreciate, and I can't thank you enough for having me on. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.